Hello and welcome to Movement, a weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, Melinda Cousins interviews a leader from within our movement and then asks them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week. Welcome back today. I have the privilege of sitting down with Ellen Beasy. Uh, we're going to have a chat in a moment. So Ellen is a staff chaplain at Mission Australia. She's yeah. a former youth pastor, married to a pastor. She's a bit of a chocolate fiend and a podcast proficientado. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but also Ellen uh, is on the church support team at Baptist Care and her role is as collaborative community projects officer. So welcome, Ellen. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Excellent. So I want to start with a question I've been asking everyone as we talk about our movement together. What are the passions and experiences that have brought you into the role that you're currently in? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you tick. Sure. Uh, I think, first of all, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. And so all of the jobs I've ever done have revolved around people, yeah. listening to people, supporting people. And in this job, I get to support people to support people. Right. So yeah. I get to be even more effective through the wonderful people in our Baptist movement. Um, another passion that brings me to my role is, funnily enough, I used to consider myself non-denominational. Right. But and 10 years ago, <laughs> I married the most Baptist of Baptists, <laughs> and I have uh, fallen in love with the Baptist movement ever since, and it's been a really formative part of my own theological journey and mm. experience of church, and so I'm quite passionate about seeing Baptist churches thrive, and so that's why I'm passionate to work with Baptist Care SA to work with our churches in the movement yeah fantastic i might have to get you to tell us a little bit about the relationship between baptist care and baptist churches um in a minute but yeah. what else tell us a bit, what else about you and your kind of your journey of faith yourself has kind of shaped you to who you are and what you do sure uh, i have been blessed to largely be a part of churches that i've grown up in that have always cared deeply about the community mm-hmm. and had a real heart for genuine connection with people outside of the walls of the church and outside of the Sunday services. So that's become quite normal for me, especially through my family, Mm -hmm. Um, through marrying Dan and going to Enfield when we first got married and seeing what they do through LifeWell centres and just having a heart for the way that the church truly is a place where God's kingdom meets the people of our world. Mm -hmm. And it most effectively does that when we're doing life with people, not Mm -hmm. waiting for them to come into our 9.30 a.m. services. And so, yeah, I think I've really been shaped into someone who has a view for looking outwards Mm -hmm. and how can the church be serving people the way that Jesus calls us to. Fantastic. And so you also work, I mentioned before, you work not just in this role. So you've worked across the community sector, is that right? Yeah, that's true. So for nearly a decade now, I've also been a chaplain at Mission Australia. Mm -hmm. So my job is to support the staff. And similarly with uh, this job, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do to support the community. And so instead I took a job that supports people who are doing the work. Mm -hmm. So I get to have my finger in all sorts of pies and support people who are doing amazing work to uh, on the front line to support people who are homeless or struggling with drug addiction, Mm -hmm. finding the normal education system really difficult or finding that their families are breaking apart and needing some help to uh, find a way forward. So I think my community sector work has really shown me there is so much need Mm Um, all around us in every suburb at every level of society and the church has something really special to offer Mm -hmm. those people and that's great it's kind of that that intersection isn't it sometimes maybe churches think oh we don't have anything to offer in that 
yeah. sector or the sector thinks, oh, what's the church got to do with it? But you're kind of bridging that gap. Yes, absolutely. And at Baptist Care, I say we want to bridge that gap with churches because we recognise we exist because the churches can't do everything. And mm-hmm. so we have programs like the West Care Centre that a church can't do every single day yeah. of the week. And yet we recognise the strength of local church communities so that when a vulnerable person might finish with one of our programs mm-hmm. and the government funding means that we can't continue our professional relationship but we can link them in with a local church who will walk with them in a very genuine friendship as long as they want to. Yeah. And so we really appreciate um, doing what we can do and the church is doing what we can't do. Yeah, oh, fantastic. So, Ellen, another question I've been asking as we think about this podcast, uh, we've called it Movement and Listening and Imagining Together. Yeah. So who do you hope is actually listening to this conversation today? I hope so many people <laughs> are listening. Um, I hope that individuals with with secret dreams on their hearts about how they could serve their community and get to know their community are listening. Tell me a bit more about what you mean by secret dreams. Well, I think sometimes we see the programs that churches have run and we might have an idea for a program but think I've not seen that done before. I don't know if that's appropriate for a church to do. I don't know if people would be keen. I don't know if it would work. Mm -hmm. So I hope that those people will listen, especially as I um, explain a bit more about what my role is, to Mm -hmm. see that there is a place for those dreams to be kindled and explored and experimented with. Um, I hope that leaders amongst our communities will be listening so that they also might have their own dreams, but um, will bring the dreams of their people and the dreams that they have, again, to a conversation with us to see how we can partner together. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people who have been scared to engage with community might be listening yeah, and uh, be given some hope that it's not um, as hard, perhaps, mm-hmm. as we sometimes might believe that it is, and also that they might feel really proud of our movement and the wonderful things that we're doing together. Mm. And that's great. And I think on that, that your people across our churches, there might be some people who are really familiar with Baptist Care and the kind of programs that are being offered and maybe even your particular role, and there yes. might be other people in our churches who sort of go, oh, Baptist Care, what's that? So maybe tell us a little bit about Baptist Care and particularly your role within that. Sure. So Baptist Care works with people in need in all sorts of ways, from um, supporting children under the guardianship of the minister, um, supporting people living with a disability, and working with families and young people who are struggling with their mental health. And in my particular team, we're in the church support team, and we have, I think, the best job we get to work with our local churches, um, predominantly through our movement, but also just throughout South Australia. And it's our job to support Baptist churches to become all that they can be. And so in our team, we've got people who offer pastoral care training and workshops that we come out and run for free at the churches based around um, whatever the church is wanting to support their people with. Mm -hmm. And we also run um, collaborative community projects, which is my wonderful job. That's a nice title that you have. (laughs) Yes, if I could make it longer, I would. (laughs) Um, And so I have the privilege of working with the Collaborative Community Project Fund Mm -hmm. and helping Baptist churches to access that. So every year we open up um, an application process for churches within our movement to bring forth the ideas that they have Mm -hmm. for ways that they can creatively interact with people in their community in projects or programs that do things with people to build capacity, mm-hmm. not for them. And right. so we really want to have quite a strength-based, empowering, capacity-building focus mm-hmm. in these projects. And um, 
the ones that we funded have been amazing and very varied yep. and really express the hearts and the DNA of each different church that's applied. So, Ellen, can you tell us maybe a couple of stories of what's happening across some of the collaborative community projects that you're working with? I can. So one of the projects that we started with back in 2018 was with Blackwood Hills Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and they partnered directly with our Inner Southern Youth Homelessness Team. Right. So our Inner Southern Youth Homelessness Team works to find young people safe accommodation. That's what we're funded for, mm-hmm. and we really care about these young people, but once our funding time with them concludes, we have to move on to the next young person mm-hmm. in crisis, and we really recognise that there was a gap for these young people from just getting safe housing to knowing how to be an adult and maintain mm-hmm. that safe housing. And so we work with the church. They have a mentoring program okay. and it's just so exciting. They've opened up their hearts to these um, clients and the clients have really been warmly received but also warmly received them. Mm-hmm. And they've built genuine connections really quickly. It was amazingly um, fast for us to see beautiful fruit coming out of this program. Mm-hmm. And we've seen young people who've had experiences that they've never had before both um, big experiences like going camping and jetty jumping and doing exciting, safe risk-taking and learning life skills like budgeting and cooking and cleaning. And we've also had young people find um, that they've experienced things that they would have experienced if they'd had a healthy family that they missed out on. (laughs) So things like um, just learning some social cues, having a celebration with a group of people who care about them for the first time in their life, and um, finding that there's a group of people who want to welcome them into their community for the long term, not as a project, not as someone that they feel sorry for, but someone that they value. And so that's actually turned into a second project. They just got funded in 2020 for a follow-up project with um, a driving program. So these young people... Oh, teaching them to drive. Teaching them to drive, yes. Yeah. Because they came to me and said, look, these young people are so doing so well and we're seeing so much fruit. They're becoming more confident. We're confident that they'll be able to move out of homelessness, mm-hmm. except that it's really hard to do that without a job. Yeah. And it's exactly. really hard to get a job without a license. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Really, from the next week, I think, actually, it's quite new, they'll be running that program, helping these young people get their um, huge amount of hours that's required these (laughs) days to get their peace. Yeah. So that's one story, and um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. And it wouldn't be fair to say, I mean, it, it's a project, but in a sense, it's the church being the church, yes. but having these kind of connections um, to to be that to people that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have had. Is that absolutely? A fair way to explain it? That's a f- totally fair way. So we're not expecting the church to do anything crazy. It's just um, a, a bit of support to do what they've always wanted to do. Mm. And it's tough. There's been some really, you know, tough challenges and it's not been all smooth sailing, but it's been good for the church too as they've learned what does it look like when we welcome people um, with the good, the bad, the ugly, and how do we benefit when we learn from them some excellent things about how to be community. We're not just here for them, they're here for us. Yeah, right. Did you have another story you were going to say before I jumped in there? No, that's fine. Um Clover Crest Baptist, we funded them to work with uh, kids coach mentoring. They were already right. doing it, but mm-hmm. we just expanded their capacity. And that's a program where um, normal Christian people are trained mm-hmm. and vetted and go into a school one day, a uh, one hour a week rather, and they mentor young people who are vulnerable in some way, identified by the school chaplain, and they work on their own personal goals. They encourage them through friendship. 
And that's been a really beautiful program to watch um, blossom because even through COVID-19, we saw that mm. some of these mentors were going above and beyond to maintain connection with their young people in a way that meant so much to them and their families. Mm-hmm. So we're really proud. That's just two of yeah. so many that we're doing. We've got another one coming once COVID calms down. Um, Port Piri has been funded to do an outdoor Indigenous art program. Oh, wow. So So they're not all in the city and they're not all big churches? No, small churches, big churches. Some ideas are similar, some are completely different, and that's what we love to see. Yeah. Yeah, that one at Port Piri sounds like it's – I think I've talked about this before on the podcast with other people that – Different churches have different strengths and different yes. connection points and, you know, what resonates with their local community. Yeah, so when we say we want to be strengths-based with our clients, mm. we want to be strengths-based with churches. We mm. don't want to make any churches into a cookie cutter of another. Yeah. We want them to do, what are the people within your church gifted to do? What are you hearing from God amongst your community that really matches with your heart and how can we support you to do that? Mm. Fantastic. So I'd love to hear from your role and just from being you um, and kind of having the opportunity to see what different churches are doing. What, what are you learning, um, whether it's about God, whether it's about the church, whether it's about the community? What are the things that you're learning and being encouraged and inspired by? That's such a good question. I am really learning and am inspired by how what you said earlier, how just the church being the church makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Just offering friendship, presence and time where you really care about someone um, who is going through a tough time is transformational for mm-hmm. them. And also transformational for us. Mm. I think that um, it's really exciting when Christians who have wanted to sink their teeth into ministry um, but have thought it has to look like something really formal or really hard or they have to be trained for it mm-hmm. um, can learn to use their faith in practical ways. Um, so that's been really exciting. It's been exciting for me to see, as I said earlier, how quick it is for people to be impacted positively by community. Mm. Um And I'm also learning that God is not surprised by our current circumstances. (laughs) And even though they're making life difficult for us to have imagination for the future, it's really hard, I understand, as someone in leadership in a church, it's hard to picture what the next two months will look like. Yeah, let alone the next two years. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, But I think um, what I'm seeing but also really expectant of is that out of this hard season, we're going to see more creative projects, um, ideas that we would never have come up with if we mm. hadn't have gone through what we've recently been through. So I'm excited about yeah. that. I love what I'm hearing, that balance between like this really creative and imaginative ideas and then almost like like we've said, the church just being the church. Like as you were talking then thinking if you've been in the church a long time, maybe your whole life, you maybe take for granted and don't realise what a gift that community is and that, that sense of family. and, and Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that very often mm-hmm. um, that we do just have this instant community and uh, if something goes, you know, that's difficult in our lives, we have many people that we can technically call and mm-hmm. reach out to. And I think um, it's an important thing for us to realise and that it's something, a huge opportunity for us to offer other people. Mm. Yeah, it's great. You mentioned before um, with one of the stories you shared that it hasn't all been smooth sailing. Yeah. So what, what do you learn from kind of things that maybe don't work or don't go yes. quite so well? What are you seeing in that? Well, that's been something that I've been really um, pleased to experience. It might sound funny, but um, I would rather us experiment with things that don't work yeah. than never try. Yeah. And so we've had some projects that have turned out to be really different to what they um, 
envisaged at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We've had projects that have had to go on hold because of practical reasons and we've had projects that seemed like they were having smooth sailing and then hit some bumps in the road because um, things are hard in church. Mm -hmm. You know, with church world, we've got people who are working part-time and working part-time at the church or we've got people who are slogging it out in their normal lives and then coming and serving their heart out at church. Mm -hmm. So finding enough hours in the day for people can be a challenge. Yeah. Um, the realities of loving people who have been through really hard times and are broken, mm. all of us are, but some yeah. more than others, um, and that can be testing for us when we try to serve the way that God calls us to, um, but we've been used to having a neat, tidy church that mm. looks like perhaps upper-middle-class Adelaide. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, I think, has a lot to challenge us on in that. Yeah. Um, but that's a work that we need to do as a community about, you know, why is this hard and how can we seek God in this and not give up? Mm. Yeah, that's great. I love that, that, yeah, Jesus is inviting us to, into things that maybe are out of our comfort zone but yes. are really where we see him at work when we read the stories of the New Testament and I think that's, yeah, that's what he's on about. That's right. And I don't think he invites us into things that are foolproof. I think Jesus is okay when things are messy mm. and when things don't go to plan and we just keep faithfully seeking what's next. What else are you learning from what you're seeing happening? Um, something I'm loving seeing happening mm -hmm. is the way that churches, I think our minds are expanding around what a church building can do. Okay. Yeah. And so I certainly didn't grow up with anything other than a normal church. Church building, then. What's a normal church? Sorry, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, when I was quite young, say primary school, our church was used on the weekend and that's it. The building, yeah. The building, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good clarification. <laughs> um, and so our church buildings, I think now, I've talked to a number of churches over the past few years uh, about the ways that they want to posture their buildings. I can think mm -hmm. of three churches at the moment who are in the middle of building works right. and have consciously thought, how can we use this space to bless the community and make space for um, normal people who have never walked into a church before to feel welcome mm -hmm. and to find things that are of um, service to them? Yeah, that's great. Uh, we'll get to COVID in a minute, but I know for my church, that's been one of the things that's probably been a gift out of this season is we can't use our building for the kind of the one thing that people think church buildings yeah. are used for, which is Sunday gatherings because of the restrictions. But it forces you to be creative and imaginative, think what are all the other ways that this could be used and for whom, like who could, yeah, who could be, be inviting in? Absolutely. So as well as what I guess what you're learning, you have this opportunity to kind of maybe see some things that everybody else doesn't get to see. So how would you encourage people in our churches, um, you know, about the things that are happening that they might not even be aware of and the, the broader sense of what they yeah could be proud of? Yeah, well, I think that um, we can do a much better job of cheering each other on. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to keep our eyes peeled for what other churches are doing. When we think of ourselves as one church, one movement, mm -hmm. we can all be really proud of what churches um, big and small are doing around our state. I think um, I just recently went through a little project where I was finding out what churches had to offer their communities. Mm -hmm. And I even called someone from my own church and uh, they listed things that I'd never heard that we are doing. And you're married to the senior pastor. I'm married pastor. to the senior pastor. And so I think that it's um, really important to be asking those questions about what do we do during the week when maybe you're not there if you're mm. working full time and being really proud of the ways that people are creatively serving. And so um, find out what your local church is doing, but also find out what your neighbouring church is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, keep up to date on people's Facebook accounts and 
on their websites and come to the assembly and hear and celebrate with people the wonderful stories of what God is doing because it does look different in every church and we can both be different but sometimes also get great ideas from someone else about something that you might like to try in your own context. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And that's just for us as churches. Um, how does all this for you personally, like how does it encourage your own faith or yeah, oh, resonate for you? Yeah, it definitely encourages me when I see how active we are um, mm-hmm. in our community and when I see how many people are using the experiences that shape them in life. Yeah. Perhaps being a refugee and arriving here with um, little English mm-hmm. or going through a divorce or being a single parent. I'm so encouraged when I see that people are using their life experiences mm-hmm. to serve other people. And I'm really encouraged by programs where normal people are just offering care because it reminds me that it doesn't take a theological degree. Yeah. It doesn't take 10 years of ministry experience. You can turn up and be you and share the love that you know of God and uh, it's incredibly effective and that's what God's called us to do to be part of his kingdom we don't have to do these flashy massive things we can yeah they're great yeah but we can do small everyday ways of being a community amongst our community Um, and so that's what's encouraging me personally Mm, and that's great that that sense that God doesn't kind of waste anything you know that even the really hard stuff in people's lives can be a I don't want, I want to say it's a gift. Obviously, it's not a gift when you're going through it at the time, but you know, that God can actually use whatever people's experiences and background are yeah. as part of, yeah, He's working and through them. I love seeing that. I think we have to remember as Christians that what the devil means for our harm and um, to discourage us, like you said, God doesn't waste a thing. Mm-hmm. And instead, He thinks, well, what can I do with this? <laughs> and so if we say yes, wonderful things come out of that. So we've touched on it a couple of times, um, but obviously we're living through a pretty unusual year in 2020. Yes. Um, so what are you seeing as both, I guess, the unique challenges, but also like we've just been saying, maybe the opportunities and the gifts of this particular season we find ourselves in? Yes. So it has been a tough time. And for some of our projects, they've definitely taken a hit and had to mm-hmm. pause. So what's been difficult is that the gift that we have of face-to-face ministry has been mm-hmm. restricted. Right. Uh, and so that's meant that some things that we had planned haven't even gotten off the ground, so that's hard to wait. But we've also seen people be creative. So um, like I mentioned before with the Clovercrest Kids Mentoring Program, Kids Coach, some of the mentors um, weren't allowed by the school to have contact with the children, and right. so instead they dropped off care packages to the school <laughs> to be given to the young person. And so I think we're finding ways that in the hardest of times for our community, small acts of kindness can still maintain that connection. And um, I know that for some other ministries, it's been really helpful time to think through uh, how do we make sure our community knows that we're not open on Sundays, but we're open for emergency relief right. or we're open for other forms of support during this pandemic. And so in a way, it has transformed that building from a place that was there for worship and for gathering. It's not been there for that during this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, it has been a place where people have come to find fresh food, fresh fruit and vegetables, bread and dry goods. Um, and I know a number of our churches have been doing that really, really well um, for people in our community that were going without during this time. Mm. Yeah, I know in the early days of COVID, I remember hearing a few times people saying things like, oh, churches are closed yeah. um, because we weren't able to meet for a public worship gathering. And it really encouraged people to, hey, hang on, that's not all our church is. And actually that's what it right. means to be the church is so much more. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't like that at all when we said that. <laughs> I was like, no, church is still open. <laughs> it's just looking different and it's doing different things and it's doing the thing that we normally do on Sundays online. Mm. 
Yeah. And then like you're saying, let's get maybe invited us to be a bit more imaginative and creative and yeah. do things that we never would have thought we could or have even thought it would have needed to be done. Absolutely. I think uh, how many of us were um, getting to know our neighbours? I was walking my streets of my neighbourhood that I've never really walked before. Yeah. I'm too busy. But being at home, um, I think, made us feel a bit more place-based. And I've seen it encourage Christians to think about their neighbourhood as their ministry context, Mm. not just their workplace or their school. Mm. And so I think that's a helpful thing to take forward, that we've been placed in a street, in a neighbourhood, by God with intention. And so what can serving there during the week look like for us? Yeah, that's great. That really grounded. Did you see, I saw a clip this week, it might have been around for a while, but about a guy who um, was drawing a path on his driveway for kids to ride their bikes on, like a little no. racetrack. And it just it was just this beautiful picture of, you know, obviously kids have been riding their bikes up and down his street for years, but yeah. because he was home watching it, he's going out at night and drawing them little <laughs> tracks and they're, they're driving on them. It was gorgeous. It's a beautiful way to bring joy to people. Someone drew a hop scotch oh, on my sidewalk and I hopped on it and had a great time. <laughs> Fantastic. What about any kind of, I guess, bigger picture learning from this season that you think or um, what are the challenges going to be going going forward and maybe coming out of this into what's next? Yeah, I think um, the challenge we have is, well, I suppose it depends what way it goes. If things do go back to normal eventually. <laughs> normal. Yeah, inverted commas. Um, I think our challenge will be not to just rest there and go back to what was normal before and what was easy. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to look at what was a blessing for us through this time. Um, For instance, being able to be with people over Zoom. I just did a Zoom prayer meeting last night um, for vulnerable people for Baptist Care SA month, and it was Mm -hmm. great to do. And so how can we keep our minds creative if we do go back to normal? Mm -hmm. And if we don't go back to normal, how can we see – the limitations that we have as a gift, as a creative uh, canvas that God is asking us to encounter with him um, because if we can't do what we used to do, God has not stopped moving. Mm. He's just calling us to open our minds to something really different and new. It might be scary. It might, like I said before, might not work the first few times. (laughs) Um, But I think our challenge is to see if ministry looks different, like it has many times throughout the world, What is God calling us to do in this season and how can we use the technology at our fingertips, our increased sense of neighbourhood to um, be serving people around us in ways that we would never have thought of before 2020? Yeah, that's great. You mentioned before, I guess, from working in the community sector and Baptist care, how sometimes churches can be quite comfortable and they're kind of middle class and it, there's something that's been shaken in, you know, our comfort and our, yes. just being, we're not comfortable or we've had to kind of think through some of those challenges. Yeah, I think that um, this time has given us much to be uh, reflecting on in terms of how similar we are to vulnerable people. So perhaps for the first time, so many of us were either losing our jobs or fearing losing our jobs. Mm -hmm. We saw hoarding like we've never seen before. We saw people um, climbing on trucks to cross borders. And so I hope that this time will give us uh, real compassion for people who are doing it tough, Mm -hmm. um, for us to remember how easily people can move from having a wonderful job and a secure family to losing their job, having a breakdown in their family because of stress and becoming homeless. I saw an article about a man that had happened to in five days from losing his job. Yeah. So I hope that we can have compassion on people who flee their countries and have jumped on a boat to get here the way that people jumped on trucks to get across to South Australia when the Victorian border was shutting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And 
to know what it's like to be worried about where our next meal is coming from. I hope that that helps us to really uh, grow in our empathy. Yeah, no, that's great because obviously don't wish those experiences on people but to have felt something of it and to to kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I hope that it helps us even more creatively and imaginatively put ourselves in other people's shoes and think, hey, we know something of what that feels like. Yeah, and I think it has. We've actually seen amazing responses. There's something like a 700% increase for our emergency relief services at Baptist Care SA. So that's so the really hard, the need for it. Wow. But, so that's yeah. um, really challenging. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen a wonderful increase in new donors. Right. Seeing that, of course, people are struggling at this time. If we're struggling to find what we need, of course, other people are. Mm-hmm. And so I think there has been a beautiful spirit of generosity that I hope will continue through this mm-hmm. time as we know that once JobKeeper and JobSeeker go back to what they were, um, there'll be increased need. And so mm-hmm. this isn't going to stop. We need people's care for their community, but we also need um, physical and financial support for people. And that's mm-hmm. not going anywhere, but I'm pleased to see that the church has stepped up. I know that mm-hmm. many appeals that were going through the COVID time for local and international relief, mm-hmm. um, God's people stepped up in an amazing way, and we should be really grateful and proud of that. Fantastic. So, Ellen, while I've got you, I wanted to ask you, so you have this kind of, you know, job, this professional role working for Baptist Care, but you're also a member of our movement, you know, one of the members of our Baptist churches who happen to be married to the pastor, but <laughs> you're you. Um, you know, so how do you sort of balance that and what's, what do you, what is your participation in your local church look like? That is a great question because I don't think there is anything, no such thing as a typical pastor's wife. <laughs> Good. Um, and so I've been really blessed. Our Ross Trevor Baptist community has, um, well, embraced Dan and I since we joined and has always empowered and uplifted me to serve in whatever way I felt called to without having any expectations mm-hmm. on me. So um, I preach Uh, which I really enjoy. I'm really blessed to do that. Sometimes it feels a bit scary and stressful. And (laughs) I always try to remind myself, this is not a have to, this is a get to. Right. And so I try to remember how many generations of women with something to say, given to them from God, with leadership qualities, were not allowed Mm. or invited to share. So I feel really blessed to be part of a church that esteems and listens to the voice of God um, Mm -hmm. as spoken by women. So I preach uh, and I like welcoming people. I'll often be on the door or on (laughs) online welcoming um, because that's really important to me that we would have an online church since COVID. So that's a new gift. It's a new thing. (laughs) A new thing. Um, That feels welcoming and safe for people who can't be there physically. Mm -hmm. And I also just really... As a people person, I just try to be people's friend. And Mm -hmm. so I don't have an official role, but I really love getting together with women, um, especially young women, and just hearing what life is like for them, what God is doing amongst uh, their activities and their heart and their hopes for the future. And I love um, bringing up conversations about social justice. So that definitely comes (laughs) from my Baptist Care SA and Mission Australia exposure. I will be the first to bring up, not the first perhaps, but I will encourage those conversations around how we can be the church in ways that look different to what we might have done in the past. Mm-hmm. You said a couple of times you're a people person. Yeah. I think I know what you mean, but, you know, what, is, what does that look like for you? What do you love about people? Well, I love them far more than maths or IT <laughs> or geography, so I'm not good at many things, um, but I find connecting with people a real joy. 
I feel like every single person is so complex and I like to say that every human is a universe inside themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I could talk to one person for the rest of my life and still never get to the bottom of what makes them tick. Yeah. So I love um, hearing from people what they've been through, uh, what their hopes are, as I said, and also I love learning from them. Mm, yeah. Uh, so and sharing what God's doing for each one of us. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. I wanted to ask you, someone who kind of sits in these two spaces, so you've got this role with Baptist Care, you're a member of a Baptist church, you're married into Baptist royalty, shall we say. <laughs> Dan will love us. Not like that. But, you know, so as you've had this kind of unique opportunity to see that, what's your kind of dream or your hope for Baptist churches and Baptist care working together in the future? That is a great question. I Well, my dream for each individual in a Baptist church Mm -hmm. is first that they would belong and second that they would be an active participant in helping others to belong. Mm. Uh, my dream for us as churches working together with Baptist Care SA is that we would know that we truly are partners. Mm-hmm. So we're not just um, doing something that you have no idea about or you're not doing things that we don't care about. We're true partners and we have so much to benefit each other. We have um, wonderful people, experts in uh, certain topics at Baptist Care that we can share with people in churches. We just ran a trauma-informed care um, training for one church's volunteer group. Mm-hmm. And people from churches teach us things all the time when we hear about the way that they are learning to be a part of their neighbourhoods. And mm-hmm. so churches offer um, the absolute dream for an organisation who is supporting vulnerable people. They offer a place of safety, of connection and of hope that speaks about God's love for people. So my prayer is that we would grow stronger in that partnership and get to know each other more Mm -hmm. and feel like uh, people who are struggling can move seamlessly between Baptist Care SA programs Mm -hmm. and finding a place to belong in a Baptist church. Yeah, I think that's that's um, one of the things with kind of doing this podcast that I've learned is, you know, we might have people who are kind of in their local church and they might not even really think about it as being a Baptist church, but realising how we're part of a movement of a whole bunch of churches and hearing what's happening across the churches and then hearing the stories of Baptist care and maybe we'll need to do some podcasts with like Global Interaction and Baptist World Aid and so actually we're connected and a part of a family that's doing a whole bunch of stuff um, and so we can be involved in that, but also we can kind of see it as ours, if that makes sense, so people People might take up the opportunity to get involved with Baptist Care, but even if they don't, they're still connected to it because it's an expression of our movement. Absolutely. So I hope that people will feel like what we do is what they do. Mm -hmm. And I also hope that each individual will consider how they might be actively participating um, themselves. So we are doing incredible things together. You know, you've spoken before about the history of the five barley loaves. Yeah. And we have incredible things to be proud of and to claim as Baptists. I think the way that we champion um, religious freedom Mm. is really important. And I think that we do have a culture of welcome and of everyone belonging and so we can continue to strengthen that but we should definitely wear that with pride Mm, yeah that's great and i think the other thing of our culture i'd say is what you touched on earlier that sense that uh, it's going to look different in different places and at yeah. different times because each person, what did you say, a wonderfully weird universe within themselves? Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe each church is a wonderfully weird yes. universe within itself. But then Jesus is at work in each of them. So it's going to look different and yet it's all part of what God's doing in the world. Absolutely. I think it's a gift that you can move from Baptist church to Baptist church to visit and um, they all look really different and they they reflect the people who go there and yet there is something really core and similar about each of them and so we are a great family yeah that's great well thank you so much Ellen it's been great to chat with you today 
Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing that you're a preacher because I think next week we're going to ask you to share one of your sermons with yes, us. Yes, happy to do that. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening to Movement Today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your pods. Movement is a podcast from Baptist Church's Essay, hosted by Melinda Cousins and produced by Ruth Grace and Kathy Turner. We'll be back next week with a sermon from today's guest.